Our guests in this episode are longtime chapter supporters, Anthony Jadis and Liz Seltzer. During their tenure as volunteers with the chapter, Anthony and Liz volunteered at various community events, fundraisers, and also have worked on wishes. Most significantly, Anthony and Liz were part of a group of volunteers who helped establish the first ever alumni committee here at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley and across the country. Anthony and Liz, welcome to the Wish House podcast. How are you guys? Thank you for having us. It's yes, great thank to be you. here. Awesome. And listen, this is we were just talking about this right before we started chatting and recording in that this is one of the first episodes where we have three people in three different locations and states. So I'm in New York. Liz, you're over in Arizona now. And Anthony, you're over in South Carolina, right? Yes. So there you go. So we're in three different states having this conversation in celebration of Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley's 35th anniversary. And the both of you are really important parts of our history, because as I mentioned earlier, you guys really helped establish our alumni committee when we were just getting it off the ground. And I would love to get into that because it was really because of you guys that I'm here at Make-A-Wish because I received that letter in the mail that invited me to be part of the alumni committee. And after about two or three failed attempts prior on my part, never following through on getting connected with the chapter, that letter was kind of like the final thing that I needed to kind of say, hey, wake up, man, you got to get involved. And that's how I got reengaged with the chapter after seven years um, from when my wish was granted. So I first want to just publicly say thank you to both of you for, you know, helping with Denise, who I know was with the staff member at the time that kind of helped kind of get this thing off the ground. I'll start first with Liz. Before we get into all the alumni committee stuff, Liz, if you can share a little bit about your experience volunteering with Make-A-Wish, because obviously you've moved out of territory. Um, You've always stayed connected with various people here in Tarrytown and the surrounding area because we're here forever. But you were a volunteer with us from 1999 all the way to 2013. So you were with us for a long, long time. Share with our listeners a little bit about who Liz is, what kind of events and, and background you have with with Make-A-Wish and the different, and, and in our history, because I know you also were very close with our one of our CEOs and Jane Sherman, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. In fact, Jane and I had a mutual acquaintance uh, back in the late 90s who um, I met through volunteer work at the Katona Museum of Art. And um, Jane was just starting the uh, chapter, I think. She had been there a year or so and was looking for volunteers. And um, at the same time, my husband had passed away after a serious illness. So I was looking for some new way to be involved and uh, grieve creatively. And uh, I met with uh, Denise and Jane and it just took off from there. It was one of the best decisions I made in my life. It was really uh, very rewarding, very entertaining and very um, uh, enlightening. Meeting the Wish kids and um, their families was extraordinary. Um, So I started in the uh, small office in Katona. And yes, it was only two people there, (laughs) Jane and Denise, and they were running the whole operation. And I do mean running it. They were on the go constantly. So I stepped in very hesitantly because I didn't know where I would fit in, but um, uh, it just kind of took off from there. And then a short time later, the um, 
monies were left to uh, the foundation so that Jane could begin looking for a new location and came across this wonderful house in Terrytown. And the Wish House was uh, was born. And uh, it was it was just a wonderful opportunity because I too saw the 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 chapter is so huge, people don't realize. And being near the Tappan Zee Bridge at the time was really critical because we could be between um, where the Wish kids lived and where the hospitals were. So they had a place to stop off before or after treatment or just for a little downtime. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity for the families to see that they had more than just medical staff as their uh, support system. And it was great because the Wish Kids, uh, I have to say that uh, you all were the most brave and courageous of human beings I had ever met in my life. And it was such an honor for me to become part of an organization that really celebrated that and helped in any way possible. So I'm sorry I had to move out here, but I had to move out here to be closer to my grandchildren because they're in California and in Santa Fe. So I'm right in between both now. So, well, we miss you yes. here at the Wish House and, and you I were know, such a presence. I, you saw the Wish House be born because you were there with Jane kind of finding the right spot for us. You helped us, you know, really set our roots in Tarrytown and, and, and within our territory. And as a result of that, if I remember correctly from all the stories I've heard, you also helped decorate the Wish House when we first moved in. Is that correct? Yeah, we had it was it was owned by the or being used by the um, American booksellers. Yeah. So that was very library like and we had to make it more accommodating to children and their families. So we had a lot of fun doing that. And um, so that was just a wonderful distraction for me at the time going through things. And yet it was uh I was able to um, really enjoy meeting new people and getting to do new things. Absolutely. uh, What I learned initially was that Make-A-Wish was not just an organization that um, took care of sick, sick children that didn't have a future. And um, that made all the difference in the world. I mean, meeting the doctors and all the people involved at the hospitals and, and oncology really um, helped to instill that uh, feeling of hope that the kids themselves would express and the families. That's a very (laughs) important thing to put out there and to remind people is that in the early days of Make-A-Wish as a foundation, especially as our local chapter here in the Hudson Valley, there was always that misconception that Make-A-Wish granted wishes to kids that were terminally ill. Um, that it, those were the only kids that we worked with. And unfortunately, we do have kids that we work with still today who are terminal. But the majority of our of the other kids we serve are going through a very difficult time. And because of the advancements of medicine and treatment processes, you know, now they're able to survive their illnesses and thrive afterwards. And, um, mm-hmm. and before jumping ahead too much, because then that kind of leads us into how the alumni committee also was born. I would mm-hmm. love to share to hear a little bit from Anthony, who has a very interesting journey with Make-A-Wish. You, you're one of our long-standing volunteers, right? You're still actively volunteering with our chapter, but you're doing it virtually, remotely from South Carolina, which is unbelievable. It's one of the you're one of the first volunteers that we have outside of state that was originally from our chapter, moved away. And because of this pandemic, the one silver lining that we've you can kind of take away from this 
is that we're able to now expand our network of volunteers. And you're one of those volunteers that has been able to do have a dual volunteering experience, both in your home state of South Carolina, but also here in your original home state of New York at the Hudson Valley. So share with our listeners a little bit about how that came about and the type of work that you are doing as a volunteer in both chapters. So um, it's it's mostly both the same. We do the same work. Uh, we meet right now with kids all virtually. We, we work with them, uh, try to figure out their wish, try and guide them uh, as to what we can and can't do at this point due to COVID. Can't do uh, international wishes, cruise wishes, large gatherings. Um, celebrity wishes are uh, at this point virtual only. Mm. But we got to give them some groundwork that they can uh, explore their wish and discover it. Just keep in touch with the wish families through the whole process and then uh, create a, a good celebration for when their wish is granted. Yeah. And I have to say, you're one of those volunteers you've had at the chapter that you've granted. <laughs> I mean, can we say hundreds of wishes, you know, during your entire tenure at Make-A-Wish? I mean, you're impacting literally hundreds of wish families um, across our territory um, throughout all the years that you've been volunteering with Make-A-Wish, but even more so impactful now because you are doing it from your home in Myrtle Beach, which is pretty cool. (laughs) For those that may be listening to this podcast and maybe are in a different state, want to get involved with our local chapter, Hudson Valley. Maybe similar to Liz, they moved away to be closer to family on the other side of the country, um, but they still want to, they're still holding close to those roots here in the Hudson Valley. How could you, how could they start on that journey of volunteering for us, you know, as a, in your case, a wish granting volunteer? I mentioned to Denise that uh, during this pandemic, you know, if you needed help, I, I can help out. And then a while later, she contacted me if I was still interested. And I said, yes, of course. Uh, to visit the kids is it's a joy 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 time it's a a great time to uh, meet them uh it it's bad that we can't meet them in person anymore but uh we can still see them yeah and we adjust right we adjust accordingly based on the situation that's in front of us and you know and you and thankfully you have have always stayed in contact with our chapter even after you've moved out away um and so we always had those lines of communication open so when we, the pandemic hit and we had all kind of readjusted and kind of figured out a new way of granting wishes you know and then when you reached out to Denise and you were like hey you know I could do this too we thought wow this is really changing the way we grant wishes now and you know having you be able to continue to bring your expertise and the experience you have behind wish granting to a whole new group of people now that you, you a lot of your partners, if you haven't worked with them before, this may be the first time you're meeting with them is all through a Zoom call or, right. you know, a FaceTime call, which is <laughs> wild, right? Um, usually, yeah. you know, I have to say you were, you were my mentor when I first started wish granting. So, you know, it, there's something about that personal connection you have with someone when you first meet with them in person, you kind of go over a game plan before entering the home of a wish family so that you guys as wish granters know what your role is going to be for that visit. And these are all things that you shared with me as a, a newly trained wish granter getting into the wish granting you know, experience. So, and that's something you carry on even still to today as a wish granter, as a mentor, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, so now that we've talked a little bit about your experiences as volunteers, because obviously aside from wish granting, you know, Liz, you've helped out with a bunch of events and fundraising stuff over the years. Obviously you helped us find the wish house, which is 
you know, the namesake of this podcast, it all came, you know, through, you know, the search committee, which was you and Jane and Denise, um, you know, so it was, and really a, a slew of other people behind the scenes, our board and, and others that really helped, you know, find this prime location, you know, in a really interesting spot to get us to both sides of the river, which is really important for us as a, as a, in our territory, because we do cover eight counties of New York state, which, as you mentioned, not a lot of people realize it's unbelievable when you really think about the the expansiveness of our of our territory and and the different uh, groups of people that we work with. You know, we have very you know we have urban, we have suburban, we have rural, we have everything and in between in just our eight counties that we cover in New York State. Which again, a lot of people may not realize. That being said, switching gears a little bit, I would love to hear because I know the story kind of in a lot of different ways. My understanding of how the alumni committee started was really the result or the byproduct of when our one of our former staff members, who we just recently had a great conversation with her on the podcast, Allie Curtis, you know, she mentioned how she, I think it was our 20th year anniversary. Um, we were doing, she was doing interviews for our wish ball. And in those interviews, one of the people that she interviewed was one of our wish alum in Jody, who her wish was to go and meet Dale Earnhardt. And in that interview that she had on camera with her, one of the things Jody kept on mentioning was that she wanted to meet other wish kids like her. Now, keep in mind, putting this into perspective, this is back in, what was this, 2006. So in 2006 was before social media. Mm -hmm. This was before, you know, there was a national, I guess, uh, approach to staying in contact with families because at that time we were still in that space where once you have a wish on the on the side of the the office or make a wish we wouldn't reach out and connect with that family unless they reached out to us first so they had to make the exactly. first con contact right so back yes. in those days 2006 we didn't have the ability the, the connections that we have now and the ease of being able to communicate with each other so having jody mention that during the interview kind of sparked something and that's where I would love for you guys to share a little bit about from that conversation, how did it start forming into let's start creating this alumni group? And I'll start first with you, Liz. Okay, well, I was involved in a lot of the um, Wish House activities, a lot of um, play dates we did at the hospital. And I got to meet more and more of the um, Wish kids. And that was always the biggest question they had is, you know, they have their wish and then, you know, we leave them alone because we have no strings attached policy. And um, but these kids love the uh, networking with a group of similar children who had been through what they'd been through. And they did say that they missed that. You know, they look forward to their visits at the hospital, even though it was to get treatment because they were going to be with other kids that were understood and were going through what they were going through. So um, Anthony and I were talking one day and, you know, in college, we had these, you had the alumni committees and all the groups that start. So why don't we see if we can do something there? And um, we did a little research, you know, Anthony's a quiet guy, but boy, he's got lots of, <laughs> <laughs> lots of things going on in that brain of his and comes up with lots of ideas. And um, so it worked out. We talked to Denise about it and we decided we would talk to a few of the um, wish kids that still had wishes going on. They were still in the um, process. And um, we asked them what they thought about our approach. So we came up with the idea of, with the help of these kids, um, you founding <laughs> wish kids, um, 
we put together a letter and uh, we had the letter signed by all the wish kids. And with that, we uh, included, I think, a photograph of each one of the wish kids. We were sending the letter out and I think there was about six or seven, maybe even more. And I know you were one of them initially. And um, I feel like I came in on like the second wave because in the, the ones that beat me to it, you know, we had, um, well, uh, you know, cause I remember there was a group of, there was, I, I know Brian Chin was, yeah, was Brian very involved Chin, in yes, the beginning. Absolutely. Um, Jody, Joanna. Exactly. Oh, Jody. Absolutely. Shauna. I believe she came on around the Shauna same time. Was, yeah. Shauna mm-hmm. had her own radio station and was, um, oh, what a little dynamo she is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was actually them who came up with the idea we just had to kind of you know find out what the parameters were and how we could go about doing this so um then anthony and i just decided once we we got the approval and the letter went out from the wish kids and we got a a number of responses very quickly and then some of them you know came in a little bit slower but it was just growing leaps and bounds and they were very very um happy to become involved in something that they knew and could do offer more ideas to how we could grow, grow the chapter. And um, I mean, it, we, we, I guess after that came up with an application and we had to get all sorts of approvals from uh, legal approval and the board approval and we, you know, all the rigmarole you have to go through to get something like that started. But then we called a meeting and we had our meetings and we would go to various places to meet and we would do something fun with it. But the whole time we were just had the conversation about what more can we do for Make-A-Wish? What more can we do for these kids that are part of it? The ones going through their um, wish process now and all their uh, treatments and that devastating um, medical stuff that is just so ugly to talk about but um yeah they um they really pulled it together it was the alumni it was the wish kids themselves that really made it happen anthony and i were just there to kind of hold hands and guide them a little bit but uh, you guys did more than hold hands you guys well, gave us hugs um you guys oh, gave well, us encouragement yeah, well, we got lots of hugs too so oh, yeah both ways yeah <laughs> Yeah. But you guys gave us a lot of encouragement and really you gave us the belief in that what we wanted to do as a group was something that was heard, you know, something that could be done. And I think that is in itself is almost very similar to the experience that you get when you receive a wish where anything is possible, you know, that there is that that level of hope that you get and the joy that you get from a wish. And in a lot of ways, giving some empowerment back to those kids that had just gone through treatment, maybe are still going through the tail end of their treatment Mm -hmm. and giving them something positive that they can work towards um, Mm -hmm. and have something to reach. That's something that I don't know how you could quantify that, but it's extremely powerful stuff. And we would see it in the meetings because, you know, we would go around and share in the, and always we would start the meetings with anyone that was new. We would ask them to share their name, the county that they come from and right. the wish mm-hmm. that they had granted to them. Mm-hmm. And then we would kind of go around with all the members and have them also share their wish so that everybody kind of hears it. It always reminded me of... Um, of how special of a group this was. And I think that's why I've connected. So, and I've stayed connected with everybody that I met mm-hmm. from that time, because it was so powerful, those meetings that we would have. Well, I remember Jody and Shauna and Liam and yourself. I mean, it just goes on, Joanna, the, um, what uh, Jody came up with, I think, or maybe it was uh, Shauna 
the um, ask me about my wish yes. um, pins that you had, we had done for them. And then they were um, coming to all the events. And it was such a brilliant idea because then you had lots of people, supporters who would attend these events and not know how to approach the wish children. So with that, wearing that uh, message really opened the door and started the conversation. And it was uh, from there, it just took off. It was just a brilliant, brilliant idea. And to remind our listeners, because if you go back and you listen to our alumni roundtable that we had on the podcast a few episodes back, yes. just to remind you, we talk about the those badges, which says, ask me about, about my wish. And what mm-hmm. it is, is simply a badge you put on when you go to an event, a Make-A-Wish event, mm-hmm. and it allows for that conversation to happen organically, as opposed to it being forced in a way or axed or well, kids it. feeling kind of weird it's- about, how do I go about sharing my story? You don't even know how to start it. But as long as you're ask the question, Hey, tell me about your wish. They're like, okay, cool. I'll tell you about my wish. And that was literally such a simple idea, but it has profound effect in how you're able to share the impact of a wish, Um, which switching gears a little bit to Anthony. So, you know, one of the things I recall from those early meetings was and early years of the alumni committee was the beginning and the formation of like bylaws. We try to really make it official, right? And we put mm-hmm. bylaws in place. We try mm-hmm. to have, you know, we were all spread out all across the eight counties that we serve as alumni. So we try to have like an alumni representative of each county. We tried a lot of different mm-hmm. things early on in those early years to try to figure out what's what's the best way to go about this. But I recall there was a point where we were like, we decided as an alumni, I think we think we want to run this on our own. And mm-hmm. there was that, that there was that moment of, and maybe it was about three, two or three years into it. Anthony, can you share a little bit about that period of time and kind of how how it was kind of going through that growing pain a little bit of where we were as an alumni committee? Let's see if I can remember back that far. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know our, mem- our memories are, are all mush at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the kids were great uh, on the committee, uh, very enthusiastic, wanted back uh, to the organization, the ambassadors for, for Make-A-Wish. Just get out there and dispel the uh, the concept that we were for uh, kids that were dying. I would say, I guess, well, that was one of the ways to dispel that was with those badges. That was badges. a good start. Mm-hmm. And then just our presence at events, which also in the past, we would always have wish kids at events, from my understanding. Exactly. But it was never but in the just, same way. This was no. different. It was always one or two. And here we had the whole group. And they just took over. And they just went. They were on fire. They knew what they wanted to do and they just did it. I mean, they offered so many wonderful suggestions as to how we could make it comfortable, more so for the families and the kids themselves. These are kids that had seen a lot of bad things in the world, you know, and had gone through these things. And yet they were um, really very, very um, hopeful about going forward and looking to the future. And they wanted to be sure that, you know, they were heard. And they had a lot of wonderful um, ideas and interests, interesting ideas, and um, were so compelling. So you know that uh, they were going to make something of themselves and do something with this idea. So it was... So what started off first almost... I don't want to call it a support group because it was definitely not that, but it kind of started with us kind of just getting us in the room together to figure things out and then kind of morphed into this alumni group that... You know, we were going to start focusing on how we can 
um, dispel the myth. So it started with the badges. Mm-hmm. It started with the presence at events, uh, mm-hmm. at, at our walk. I remember it was a very important period of time for us, too. It was also in the early years of our walk where mm-hmm. we would have an alumni team. We called ourselves the Alumni All-Stars. So we would have all, all the right. members of our alumni committee that would join. Mm-hmm. You guys would be a part of it as well and would walk mm-hmm. with us. Um, and all of our families and friends would join the, the walk team as well. And that's what we did in, the, in those early years. And then, like I mentioned before, we kind of started to figure out how can we kind of branch off on our own kind of do our own thing um and then we started kind of streamlining things a little bit and as a result of that they the alumni committee then became absorbed within the volunteer department um and then they just became more as a as like a pseudo volunteer they would be there at literally every event that we would have um and be there as a presence to again help dispel that myth they knew what was going on we had you know the outsiders people who been volunteers and helped in a lot of ways, you still don't know what walking in those shoes means. And um, these kids knew, and they would, uh, they really were very, very uh, mature in the way that they talked to us about it, to let us know what they were going through and what was needed. And we did, we had a lot of, you know, things used to fall through the cracks, but they came in and they said, no, you got to do A, B, and C. And then what comes after. So, and I think that's one of the things I wanted to point out and I'm happy you say that because it was truly a part, uh, a partnership between mm-hmm. the alumni and and you as our, as our volunteer representatives that kind of help give some structure in those early years to the alumni committee. You really helped set the foundation for us and it allowed us to kind of grow a little bit, learn from, from, from things that we were doing. And like you mentioned, there were a lot of fun things we did from having Build-A-Bear experiences and, and doing that to then having, you know, lunches at, you know, our right. local Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah. And just doing all that stuff. It was so much fun. It was a great way for us to connect with each other. Uh, and, and you guys were always a part of that, always kind of there. If we ever needed anything, we knew that you guys were our safe, uh, kind of like our fail safe. Well, we just tried to keep you, um, fed and watered. So we made sure that um, growing young women and men who were involved uh, were necessary that we we kept them going. So that was our assistance. But the bigger thing that I learned about the alumni is that they really um, bridge the gap between the board, the volunteers, and then the WISH families. So things there became more cohesive and people became more um, familiar with each other and you know that's what it takes to make things grow and uh, it was just an enormous networking experience but again the um, the wish kids were the core and they um, remarkable individuals did you guys ever expect it to still be here so many years later in this in the way it kind of is well you know no I didn't I mean I knew that it gave another level of involvement for those wish kids that wanted to come back because we opened it up to 13 years of age and you had to already have your wish granted to become involved. But um, up until that time, you had to be 18 to be a legal volunteer. And it was that period of time in between that all these um, kids wanted to do something more. You know, they, they, uh, they knew, uh, they knew what they could do and what, but, they needed a way to do it. And let's just say also that back in those days, a lot of the ways that people would get involved and specifically that age group, you know, 13 mm-hmm. to 18, <clears throat> wish kids, wish alum that wanted to get involved with the chapter, a lot of it was always geared towards fundraising. 
Mm-hmm. And and sometimes they didn't want us. They didn't have the tools or didn't and weren't really interested in fundraising per se. But, but we they were. wanted to share their story. That's and right. We, and, that, and that's that fit that gap, like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, we did a lot of things uh, fundraising uh, around the holidays. We used to have um, um, sell the um, angels, the wish angels uh, that you could use to decorate on the tree, and you know, we would sit up in a lot of the different. Um, the Galleria and um, the Nyack Mall and places like that. And all we needed was for one wish kid to show up. And boy, they just drew everybody into uh, our little booth area. And um, it was extraordinary what they could do. I mean, people got to listen to them and what was good. They were very helpful to new families just beginning the medical process and seeing that there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is more than um, just the illness and medicines and appointments and treatments. So, um, but it was just enormous to me because it just, it just blew up. Anthony, I have a question for you. We've been talking about the alumni committee and all the different activities (laughs) and ways that they've, that they are part of our history as a chapter. Do you have any moments where you kind of think back and you're like, wow, this is one of my favorite events that we did as an alumni committee or, or a favorite uh, memory from that time. And I, I know that the, at the wish balls, they would, you know, they would all be there and uh, they'd have the, uh, it, those t- attending the wish ball around them, talking to them and seeing you know, the excitement that they had on their wishes. Yeah. Actually, I want to mention something that Liz shared right before we started the recording of this episode, which was a picture that she found. And it's the picture. It's actually what I think about when I think about that time of the alumni committee. I always go back to that moment because I feel like that's the moment when for a lot of us in the alumni committee, we finally found our purpose. And what I'm referring to, and and we'll be sure to share the photo in our show notes, it's of a picture of a wish that was granted by our chapter. It mm-hmm. was a very interesting wish. It was to be a silver ranger right. for wish kid Donovan. And Donovan's wish was granted in 2006. Mm-hmm. And his wish was not just him dressing up as a, as a silver ranger, but it involved saving the wish house from intergalactic aliens. Uh, so he, there was a, a great movie that was made uh, from this, from this wish that was being granted him saving all of the staff members from aliens and we even had Darlene Rodriguez, who who did like a little news intro Absolutely. into it as well. It, it was well done. It was really extraordinary. It was so great. And it was so good that we couldn't just keep, you know, keep that just for us. We actually had a movie premiere over at the Paramount Theater over in Peekskill, if I remember correctly. And we we played it for him and all his friends from school at the theater. And that actually was the first wish that the alumni committee members were able to be a part of. Mm. And the interesting thing about it was that we were a part of it by really being his security detail. Like you would have at any movie premiere, you, we would have, you know, paparazzi taking pictures Mm -hmm. and all of us as alumni committee members, we were dressed in black. That was the, that's what we were asked to do. So I had sunglasses on, I had my hair slicked back. Mm -hmm. It was one of the fun, most fun experiences. And then you have here Donovan, who's coming out of the limo and just excited to see everybody and to see the premiere of his movie, you know, saving, you know, the wish house from intergalactic aliens. And 
for I can tell you for a fact for Brian Chin, for Shauna, for myself, mm-hmm. you know, Liam and many others that were there that day that were part of the alumni committee. We all after that moment, were like, this is why we are part of this group was mm-hmm. to be a part of a wish like this. And I think that inspired myself, inspired Brian to also become trained as wish granters, because then we saw, wow, the impact of what this <laughs> is, we have to give back in, in this way. You know, it was one way to share our own story. But then how can we pay it forward even further mm-hmm. than by actually helping grant a wish to another child? And we were merely kind of on the outside of it for Donovan's wish, but we wanted to kind of get even deeper with it the way you guys have done it with working on wishes directly. So, you know, that for me, I feel it was a very pivotal moment for many of us in the alumni committee was to be a part of Donovan's wish. And it was so special. Well, I just want to say that I remember when his limousine pulled up and the doors were open and he saw all of you guys standing there. I mean, that was just um, a heart melting moment. I mean, he was thrilled and you guys, you just all connected, you all got it. And then it was a beautiful night. Yeah. Alumni helping alumni, man. That's, that's what this was all about. And, and sometimes, like I said, it was, it's our presence just being there, you know, just as Mm -hmm. a support for them. Um, Sometimes it's sharing our story that they need to hear it so that they do Mm -hmm. see that there is light at the end of the tunnel um, and all that. So yeah, this was, um, you know, this is, this was for me, one of my proudest moments right now is having the conversation with you to kind of reminisce on this time, because it, it was such an important time for so many of us and you guys really helped steward us a little bit in that in those early years and kind of getting us involved and switching gears a little bit we have our shooting star segment which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind so i'll start first with you anthony you've granted literally hundreds of wishes over the years thousands i'm sure yeah you you can't pick just one but are there any wishes that kind of when you think about granting wishes it's one of the first ones that maybe pop in your head Probably the most popular one, Disney World. It, they can pick Disney World, but they could all be different to That's each true. child. Depends on what they want out of it. You know, they want to meet Tigger. They want to meet the prin- a princess, have tea with a princess, meet their favorite characters, uh, Marvel. I think Marvel uh, characters. And that's actually a great point. Cause so for those that are listening that aren't familiar with wish granting, when, you know, you may know of make wish because of Disney, because <laughs> that's one of the most popular wishes we have and that we grant, you know, pre COVID, obviously right now we're in a, in a, in a weird limbo stage where we're slowly getting better. We're starting to plan for these domestic travel wishes to restart again. Um, but Disney wishes are interesting because as Anthony mentioned, you can have 10 Disney wishes back to back as you're working on them. And each one is different because each child's interests are different. You can have princesses, you can have Marvel, you can have, you know, Mickey Mouse, you can have, you know, all these different characters that are under this Disney universe, so to speak. Um, And each child can have a very specific, you know, heart of that wish that, um, that they want to experience when they're there. And the job of the wish granders is to kind of have that, heart kind of bubble up to the surface so that we can then create a unique and custom experience just for them. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, your point of, of Disney, a hundred percent agree with you, man. That is um, you can never have two Disney wishes exactly the same. No, I just want to say the other thing about Disney is um, having all their family with them. The wish kids get to invite their families and that makes all the difference because then it broadens the, 
the wish in so many ways. And they do remember it for years and years and years. And it's a fabulous place to be. It is a um, magical place. And it truly, uh, we get the benefit of uh, Give Kids the World uh, that facility, which is, uh, I think. Every, every year it gets bigger and bigger. It's exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I, uh, there's nothing more you can say about it. It just keeps getting bigger and better and really make the families feel comfortable. And they go over and above their uh, efforts to make sure that everyone has an enjoyable, safe time. Yeah. I have, I have one more question for you, Anthony, and then we'll kick it over to, to Liz. If you could have a wish, what would it be? And to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories, which are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So out of those five formal categories, Anthony, what wish would you have? To pick your heartfelt wish is a tough decision. It takes a while, mm-hmm. as, we, as we know from working with our wish kids. Uh, I would say go to Italy. Ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They call you Tony, right? In your family. I never call you Tony, but no. I, I, my understanding is that they call you Tony all the time, right? Yes. I call, <laughs> myself, I call myself Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you want to do in Italy? Uh, go around, see the uh, aqueduct, Vatican. No, sites. The, nice. Uh, historic sites. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call up Perillo Tours and they'll set you yes. up real nice over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So switching over to, to Liz. So Liz, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we've talked about, you know, a lot of really pivotal moments in our chapter history from finding the wish house to decorating the wish house to mm-hmm. helping us with the alumni committee. And, and I know you helped so much with, you know, toy stuff and donations and just all mm-hmm. these different things over the years of your involvement with our local chapter. You know, what is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory uh, from all those years that you volunteered with us? Well, there are so many, so it's hard to pick just one. But uh, the first year we did a toy drive, Um, I was involved in the toy drive. They had done it years prior. But I have never been comfortable going to people and asking for things. And um, but yet when it came to Make-A-Wish, I you know, we properly identified ourselves. And it was always amazing to me how people would come up and offer things. I mean, I asked for some some donations in small, whether it be dolls or games or sporting equipment. And one man just gave us a bicycle. I mean, a beautiful bicycle. And I thought, wow, you know, and it just grew from there. It was... um, I was never, I, they never cease to amaze me. People will give uh, from their hearts as much as they possibly can and no questions asked. And, uh, you know, not, it has to go to a certain person, a certain girl, a certain boy. And um, it was just, a, just moved me because I thought, wow, this is a wonderful, uh, wonderful place to be. Yeah, which actually is a great segue to my next question, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, what advice would you give to someone that wants to give back in their own way, whether whether it's from their business or 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 interested in volunteering their time with Make Wish Hudson Valley? What would you share with them to kind of nudge them or at least encourage them to kind of get it connected with us? Yeah, I have to say that I can't imagine not getting involved with Make a Wish. I mean, to me, I've been involved in a lot of organizations, but Everybody who has got any kind of interest, just sit down and talk with somebody, whether it be the office 
people, the staff there, yourself, um, Tom, Denise, or people affiliated, people on the board. Um, they once you get involved, there's no going back. I mean, it just it it you know there's that hook that um, it just keeps you wanting to do more. It makes you feel it makes you a better person, and um, you see how much more you can give and what else can you can give back and pay it forward. And, you know, you've got the Walk for Wishes coming up now, and that was another thing. What are you doing this weekend? Stop by and walk with us. And it was just a wonderful invitation and people did it and then they were involved and they loved it. Yeah. And I want to add that at the time of this recording, we're recording this of three days before our walk for wishes. But Mm -hmm. by the time it airs, the walk would have already happened. It doesn't Uh mean that people cannot still support the walk. Online uh, donations can still be made even post-walk. So we'll be Mm -hmm. sure to share a link in the show notes for those that may have missed the walk, were not able to attend it, but will still like to contribute and donate towards it. We'll make sure to put a link in there so that you guys can go and and support our 2021 Walk for Wishes Walkathon, which is also celebrating 15 years. So when the walk Mm -hmm. started, our first walk was 15 years ago in 2000. And six, that's when our our alumni committee was getting started. So it's pretty interesting the how symbiotic it is. You know, we had our yeah. walk and the alumni team, and then you have the walk coming up. So it's really interesting. So Anthony, I'm gonna kick it back to you for our final question. You know, in one word, how would you describe Make a Wish? I would say impactful. Mm. I'm digging that. And what yeah. about you, Liz? What would be your one word to describe Make a Wish? I'm inclusive, but even more than that, trust. It takes a village to grant wishes, and you guys are two members of that village in our 35-year history that helped carry on the baton from those before you and really set the groundwork for those that would follow in your footsteps. So we cannot thank you guys enough for your contributions to our chapter over all the years of your involvement. So thank you so much for, for chatting with us on the Wish House podcast. Thank you, Liz and Anthony. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thank you for the opportunity. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.